Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. I've got a question for you. Yeah. So each time we've talked about the numbers, I've been really trying to get into my body to be really present with the information that we're about to get out of each number. And so one of the other reasons, though, that I was dancing is that Moose, you and I and producer Sarah set out on a retreat in the Smoky Mountains. Yes. And we got an awesome cabin with an awesome view. Yes. We're sitting out here as the sun is setting on the last night of our retreat. And my nose feels like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because <laughs> it's getting really chilly out here. But I just wanted to also dance to celebrate. We did we it. Did this. We like, did this. We did it. this. Like we're on the last and final episode of our Enneagram series. And as we've already talked about, we're going to talk about sevens. We're going to describe instincts because those are really important. And then at that point, our audience is going to be pretty introed to the Enneagram. Yeah. And then they get to do the rest of the work. We're off the hook. (laughs) I just want to say whenever I think of uh, posting our podcast to Instagram, I think of hashtags. And when you said, get in my body, I thought that would be an interesting hashtag to follow. Yeah, I like it. It might be real interesting to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Get in my body. Okay. (laughs) So this is our last and final episode. Ever, because we got sued for (laughs) sexual content. (laughs) Inappropriate content. Here is Enneagram 7 and Instincts. Hey, Kat. Hey, Moose. So last episode, you talked about yourself being a unicorn. But today, we're going to actually talk about the unicorns of the Enneagram. Okay. And the unicorns of the Enneagram are none other than... The Seven. The Seven. We are going to talk like this the whole time. Because they are known as the Enthusiasts. Woo! Yeah. Yeah! Yeah, all our sevens are like Shut doing up. like a fist pump. Yeah, they totally are. <laughs> okay, so I have several sevens in my life. One of them's name is Courtney, and she is a true seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is wild and free and full of rainbow unicorn sparkles. And she is a mom of three boys about to have a little girl. And I'm not kidding. I have no idea when I watch her socials like she's not the person that makes life look better than it is, but they live out on a farm Mm -hmm. and Oh my God. Like these kids have the most amazing life having a seven as a mom. Hmm, That's so cool. Like they're like, just like making games all day. Yeah. Like s'mores. And she like loves teaching them. And like, I like watch them. Like they're wearing like their underwear and rain boots. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this is one of my wings. So I'm cheering on my sevens here. Yeah. I I love that. And, and one of the sevens that I know I'm thinking of in particular, and and you talk about Instagram is when I look at Instagram and if I see a post from him, it is always him interfacing with his daughters. Oh yeah. It's always him with his family. Yeah. I love some seven. So the unconscious childhood message of the enthusiast is it's not okay to depend on anyone for anything. And often the eights get, uh, eights and ones get told how independent they are, but wooey, you do not mess with a seven's (laughs) independence. Oh no, you will get cut. Yes. 
And, you know, it's because everything is about possibility and mm. and options. And so the minute you're like, hey, can we talk about how this is going to fit into a five year plan? Mm-hmm. Th- it doesn't work. No, no, no it doesn't it, work. It, it is. It's not going to work. Like, yeah, I'm just going to tell it you can when it's their idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When it's like, OK, when they're ready to to talk about a five year plan, then we can talk about a five year plan and they will have 50 ideas about the five year plan. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Um, but in, in my experience, that has to be on their terms. Yep. So the lost childhood message of the seven is you will be taken care of. Mm. And again, I think that scares them. So the basic fear is of being deprived as a seven. Uh, they again, they want to consume and consume wildly, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. <laughs> uh, their basic desire is to be satisfied and content and to have their needs fulfilled. Mm. So the key motivation of a seven is uh, to maintain their freedom and their happiness to avoid missing out on worthwhile experiences. Can't mm-hmm. you just hear seven saying this? I, I totally can. And to keep themselves excited and occupied yep. to avoid pain. Yep. I totally see that. I totally see that. And it makes me think, and, and you really are a faithful listener if you know what I'm about to reference, but it makes me think that a seven definitely didn't decorate this cabin up here in the Smoky Exactly. <laughs> totally. Well, first of all, I, th- I don't know who did because it was someone from a horror film <laughs> with all these weird... Slave. I just don't like it. It's I like know, I know. It just looks like bondage it in does. here. Well, that sounds like. <laughs> sound, oh my god! It sounds like we say? have a Fifty Shades of Grey red room. I just have to call out that earlier. I think it was yesterday. You called Fifty Shades of Grey Thirty, 30 Shades of Grey. I know. I did. I did. <laughs> okay. So, um, so the defense mechanism of a seven is repression or acting out. The hidden complaint of a seven is, I am happy, although I'd be a lot happier if I got everything I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> that seems synonymous to all the types. Well, that's fair, too. I'm a human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want what I want. <clears throat> that's right. And give it to me now. No. All right. Uh, so how do you get along with the seven? Give them companionship, affection, and freedom. Mm. Engage with me in stimulating conversation and laughter. I think sevens are, um, the, I, I would love to see like brain science on each type yeah. and to see like, you know, when different things are put in front of them, how mm-hmm. different types brains light up. Yep. But for a seven, I, I think they are some of the most, uh, brilliant people. Mm. Um, and the way their minds think, like you have to remember they are in the brain triad. Yep. So they're in their mind a lot, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising. You think they're going to be a gut triad because they're all wild and free. Yep. But they really have like these engineer brains mm-hmm. and they can see they're incredible at um, looking like, say, from an organizational leadership standpoint. Yeah, they're great. Just like sixes. They're great at puzzles. So if mm-hmm. you just give them a lot of pieces, it's unbelievable how they can like reproduce and like show you the best organizational route. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, we need a seven for the podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, that's you. That's your just a little wing. bit. Just a little. I feel like we, so here's what we have covered. You've got one as your wing, two as you, three as your other wing. Mm-hmm. Sarah has a lot of four in her, mm-hmm. I would say. And then she's got a five wing. She's a six. She and I meet at the seven wing. I'm an eight with the nine wing. We got the whole Enneagram the whole covered. Enneagram. That's amazing. <laughs> it's it's like the Trinity, really. <laughs> 
And we've talked about that before, though, in in our work together um, in and outside of the podcast about how oftentimes, like, I'm the heart, you're the gut, and Sarah's the head. That's right. You know, so. And then you always say, you know, I think Jesus was a two. And I always say, <laughs> yeah, but God was an eight. And Sarah goes, Holy Spirit. <laughs> whoop, whoop. And I think it's funny, too, that we talk about both Jesus and God in the past tense. <laughs> What did I say? They were? God was. He said Jesus was a two and God was an eight. (laughs) Oh, Jesus is a two. I'm sure Jesus loves being typed by us. Okay. So appreciate the seven's grand visions and listen to my stories. They are incredible storytellers, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't try to change my style. Accept me the way I am. Be responsible for yourself. I dislike clingy or needy people. Mm Mm-hmm. And then sevens would love to tell you, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going deeper. Here is what sevens like about being a seven, being optimistic and not letting life's troubles get me down, being spontaneous and free spirited, mm-hmm. being outspoken and outrageous. It's part of the fun. Having the guts to take risks and try exciting adventures. Having such varied interests and abilities. Mm-hmm. And then what's hard about being a seven for a seven is not having enough time to do all the things I want. <laughs> <laughs> not completing things that I start. Mm-hmm. Not being able to profit from the benefits that come from specializing. So not making a commitment to a career. Oh, okay. Uh, having a tendency to be ungrounded, getting lost in plans or fantasies. Mm. And then feeling confined when I'm in a one-to-one relationship. Really? Yeah, because yeah. they don't want to be bound or yep. tied down. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very big thing for a seven to commit. Yeah. In, in my um, study and research about the Enneagram as it pertains to myself, like, I really, really for a long time wanted to be a seven. Yeah. Because I think seven was, like, the, actually the second number that came up on my ready um, yeah, type I indicator. Yeah, I um, And I really... I, I really like sevens a lot. So I was like, I want to be that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can still, I can still see some of that, but some of it just sounds downright exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I know some sevens who have quick burnout mm. because they, they, it's like that idea of if one of their downfalls is staying busy and excited and social and all of those things, they remember sevens also go to five mm-hmm. and so they feel depleted very quickly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's like a fast burn. It is. Yeah. I would yeah. say so. Yeah. Here are some things we love about sevens. <laughs> okay. So what are your favorite things about sevens? My favorite things about sevens are their um, enthusiasm they're, um, I feel like they're great cheerleaders. Um, I really love their ideas. And like you said a little while ago, uh, they, they kind of seem to sometimes have like magical engineer type brains. Yeah. I really, really admire that a lot. Yeah, me too. I think their brains are fascinating to me, uh, because they have an idea a minute, but when they actually put it down on paper, it's like fascinating to see how, you know, there is that piece to it. But, uh, I think sevens just bring a lot of positivity into a room, mm-hmm. you know, and I really like that. So Moose, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of do the thing that, that I do, and I'm going to pay you some high compliments. 
Great. I am so impressed with your knowledge of the Enneagram and how all the types are wired and how they all do what they do. And I am just so excited to have gotten through talking about all nine types of the Enneagram together. This has been amazing. It has been cool. And you know, I just want to admit I've had my notes in front of me and I'm a little bit nerdy that way, but thank you. And we only have given, you know, folks the tip of the iceberg, but the only way you can really grow and learn is to go read on your own. Again, I recommend Chris Hewart's book called The Sacred Enneagram or Road Back to You by Ian Cron. There's so many. Yeah, there are so many. And I love um, Richard Rohr's Enneagram. Book. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, it's a little more like... It's kind of like any Richard Rohr book, like you Little read heady. it and it, yeah, it's very heady. So after you get through two sentences, I'm exhausted. Isn't but heady a weird word? It is. Yeah. Like, do you ever say it's a little hearty? Oh, you do say hearty. It's a little hearty. Like, is the- it a little necky? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's one more thing that's pretty important in kind of our broad strokes overview of the Enneagram that I think it would be really important for you to talk about. And that is the different instincts. This is where we get into subtypes. So you have nine types. And then on top of your type, you obviously have your wings. You have both of them. One may be more dominant than the other. And just like wings on top of that. So think of it as another layer. Once you understand your type, you are dominant and one of these three instincts So you have all three. And so the way I was taught is you have a dominant and then you have, um, what's the less dominant? Subdominant. Subdominant. And then you have a tertiary instinct. And the goal is that you work on your third one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because like your, your first one is like, like second nature. Yeah. Your first one is second nature. Okay. Your second one is like, it's important to you. The third one is usually where Mm. you need some work. Okay. And so really to become like, super healthy in your type and to behave that way as much as you possibly can, it's really important to understand your sub, your subtype. Yep. Do you know what instinct you are? I don't. Okay. This is going to be fun then. I want to be sexual because I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) Of course (laughs) Even though I don't know what that means. Oh, I bet you are a sexual actually. Really? I just said a sexual. It could be asexual. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that would get us some more comments. (laughs) All right. So we've got three instincts. Remember you have all three. So Mm -hmm. they're just kind of in order of of priority for you in life. So self-preservationist. I am convinced this is Sarah, although she gets to be her own snowman and decide. Mm -hmm. So self-preservation instinct. uh, These people are the ones who have this as their dominant type are preoccupied with safety, comfort, health, energy, uh, the well-being of your physical body and Mm -hmm. the safety of your home. These are the ones that are very, you know, at like 25, they have a life insurance policy (laughs) and it's important for them to make sure like they go grocery shopping at this certain time. And that like Mm -hmm. all of that is, Mm -hmm. is kind of where self-pres shows up. So self-pres types seem to be more grounded and practical people and uh, sometimes more serious and introverted than the other two instinctual types. Okay. So I've got a question for you. Yeah. So um, if you're one of the cool kids and you go into a coffee shop, there's a proper way to order your coffee. You know, I I always say when I go to Starbucks, I would like a tall soy two pump toffee nut latte with whip. Right. That's what I say. And I always get like a little look from the barista because I think I've got one of the 
things in the wrong Out place. It's like not yeah. in the order that it's written on the cup or whatever. Um, and so my question for you as it relates to that is when you're talking about the Enneagram and we're talking about, okay, now you've given me, there's a triad that I'm in. There's now an instinct that I have. Yep. I'm a number. I have two wings. I have arrows that go everywhere. Like how, how do I refer to myself? Let's say that, that, you know, me and, and the people working with me on Enneagram stuff, we all determine, okay, Kat, you are a two, you have a three wing, you're in the heart triad, and you are, uh, your instinct is sexual. Let's just say that that's where we land. Yeah. How do I order that cup of coffee? So you would say I'm a two wing one or two wing three, depending on what mm-hmm. you believed was your more dominant. Mm-hmm. So you can write that two W three. Mm-hmm. You'll often see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people would say with a sexual instinct or with a, you know, whatever your instinct wow. is. So and there's actually like um, there's uh, abbreviations. So sometimes like yours would be two wing one. And then say you were sexual instinct, it would be SX after that. Okay. And then socials, SO, and self prez is SP. Cool. Yeah. Got it. Now you know the lingo. Now I know how to order my coffee. All right. So, um, so, so, and then the arrows are just, you, you don't really mention those. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so they might have, so self prez people might have, uh, active social lives. Um, and a satisfying intimate relationship. But if they feel that their self-preservation needs are not being met, they still tend to not be happy or at ease. Mm-hmm. So that's like a trigger for them. Yep. So that that is, all these are ways that we create security. Mm-hmm. So in their primary relationships, these people are considered nesters and they seek domestic tranquility, security with a stable, reliable partner. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like a self-prez uh, say you don't know someone's type and you see something about them that could look like a one mm-hmm. because ones usually have their shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be, you could miss mistake them as a one mm-hmm. when maybe they're a two that happens to have a self prez instinct. Uh, so it's not as, you know, mm-hmm. I think what it does is it helps us realize all oh, this is way more complex than just a type. Yeah. And, and like, you're not just one color. Exactly. Like you're made up of a lot of colors yeah. if you put it in an, uh, from an artistic perspective. All right. So here's your favorite, the sexual instinct. Are mm-hmm. you ready? I am. All right. Lean in. Leaning in. All right. Many people originally identify themselves as this type because they have learned that the sexual types are interested in one-to-one relationships. So that's where you get that other phrase mm-hmm. it's called. But actually all three instinctual types are interested in one-to-one relationships for different reasons. Mm. So this is not distinguished this type. The key element for the sexual type is an intense drive for stimulation (laughs) (laughs) and constant awareness of the chemistry between themselves and others. This is where I totally think you are a sexual type. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Like you love some chemistry. Yeah. All right. So uh, sexual types are immediately aware of attraction or lack thereof between themselves and other people. The sexual type is constantly moving toward the sense of intense stimulation (laughs) and juicy energy in their relationships and their activities. They are most, they are the most energized of all three instinctual types. And they tend to be more aggressive, competitive, charged and emotionally intense than self-prez or social. I, I, I think that fits. Yep. And then social instinct. This is where I think I am. Although I've had people say like you walk into a room and you have like the sexual instinct. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, that's sort of my representative. I'm not sure if that's exactly who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, and like you said, just to go back for a second, like what you said, it, I think it's really important is that we have all three instincts. It's just like, right. which is the order that they're in? And what you said earlier is that really paying attention to what kind of instinct is is the least representative of yours that's the one that it would be helpful to work on exactly and uh and i think in different i've heard lots of people say unlike your type your type doesn't really change but the order of your instincts can change mm-hmm. based on the phase the area of life you're in mm-hmm. so you know i think i was probably way more sexual in my 20s than i am in my 40s <laughs> and i mean that about the instinct Get your head out of the gutter, people. All right. Just as many people tend to misidentify themselves as sexual types because they want the one-on-one relationships, many people fail to recognize themselves as social types because they get the false idea this means you want to be involved in groups, meetings, and parties. Okay? If self-pres types are interested in adjusting the environment to make themselves more secure and comfortable... Social types adapt themselves to serve the needs of the social situation they find themselves in. Now, let me explain that. Social types are highly aware of other people, whether they are in intimate situations or in groups. They are also aware of how their actions and altitudes are affecting those around them. Sexual types seek intimacy. Social types seek personal connection. They want to try and stay in long-term contact with people and be involved in their world. So social types are the most concerned with doing things that will have some sort of impact on their community or broader domains. So I've heard people describe this as like, you really want to be a part of your HOA group yeah, because you, <laughs> you want to make sure you have a voice. Yeah. And this is where I'm at. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely like kind of a group person where I'm like, I want to, I love a little bit of a bandwagon, mm-hmm. <laughs> a posse, but I don't know what my instinct is, which is crazy. Like mm-hmm. I always say it's social because I, I can lead teams and I can do yeah. all of those things. And I do like to know how my life affects the rest of the world, mm-hmm. but I can't ever tell if that's my eight doing that or mm-hmm. if it's my instinct doing that. I can tell you one thing. self pres is at the very bottom of my list. <laughs> so let's get to that. Even I can agree with that. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I need you to unpack the social instinct a little bit more. Okay. What do you want to know? <laughs> I, I basically just feel like what I got out of it is they know what to do as it pertains to other people in certain situations. It's like they've got like a social consciousness that's like higher than maybe someone where that's their least is yeah. that accurate or no? Yeah. And I, I, this is the way I picture them. Cause it was hard for me when I realized there were instincts. I was like, I thought I understood everything, <laughs> but I look at it like this. I look at, um, self prez. Think of it as like a circle. Okay. Self prez okay. is in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's really about protecting themselves. Okay. Go out one more. And that's sexual. And like sexual is more about like, um, I want that intimacy, even on a friendship level mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, they're like seeking that energy. Right. And yeah. so it feels really one to one. So there's one more person in the mix and they go out one more bubble and social is going to be more. I care about the world around me and how I fit into that. God, does that yeah, make sense? It does. Yep. So that's your mode. That's part of your MO, if you will. Yeah. So if I'm an eight and I'm a social type, mm-hmm. OK, or uh, or I have a social instinct I'm going to be probably more of the one out there in the peaceful protest. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yep. And then if I'm an eight who is sexual, 
Like, I mean, think about what that would be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm seeking out, I already love intensity, but right. a sexual eight is like, oh my gosh, you know? And um, like, I just want to take over my life and yeah. like be in charge. And then a social or a self-pres eight is going to be, I'm already about security. So I'm going to make sure my house is a fortress right. and that, you know, I have all my shit together. Yeah. So that's instincts. Well, instincts make a lot more sense to me now. Thank you, Moose. You're welcome. I want to share this Brene Brown quote that I always share after I do instincts, um, just because I think it's so special to kind of wrap this up. And it says, because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our own level of self-acceptance. Mm. That is so, I mean, every word of that sentence is powerful. Our belonging can never be greater than our own level of self-acceptance. So my, uh, this is the point where when I am teaching, I just ask everyone in the room to like take a deep breath. You may not have figured out your type or your instinct or your arrows. <laughs> just take a deep breath and recognize that although there are flat sides to all these things, there are so many ways to grow. And the more you understand who you are and why you're motivated by the, the things you're motivated by, not only do you have more grace for yourself, but you have so much more grace for the people around you. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.